When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Schedule making in college basketball is hard. Think about all you have to take into account just from a basketball standpoint. You want to provide your fans with home games and hopefully a few marquee ones. You want to prepare your team for conference play. You want to have a good NCAA tournament resume, and the non-conference is important in that. But you also don't want to just schedule all power conference foes or just schedule all games where you are a heavy favorite to win. It is all a delicate balance. Oh, and then you throw in the whole student part of student-athlete. Try to work around classes, holidays, exam week comes in during the late stages of the non-conference slate. So much more. It is a challenge to be sure. Like most things around Michigan men's basketball's program, schedule making is a team effort, but the man who runs point is Chris Hunter. He's the director of basketball operations. Remember last year when Michigan had to quickly pivot in early December from NC State to Toledo in the late stages of the non-conference due to a COVID issue with the Wolfpack? Well, Chris was at the forefront of that, and he's been at the forefront of cultivating this non-conference schedule for Michigan. Now, hopefully this season, nothing like that is necessary, but Even with months and months to prepare, it's an art and a puzzle all at the same time. But if the non-conference is executed properly, both in the scheduling and then once you get to actually playing the games, it can and should be a foundation for a championship-type season. The Wolverines have designs on doing just that in 2022, and Chris Hunter was key in mapping out the first few destinations for that lengthy journey. Chris is our guest today as we talk to Michigan's Director of Basketball Operations about scheduling, coaching, and what he's seen from this year's team. All next here on Defend the Block. We're talking Michigan basketball. Welcome to Defend the Block, where we'll take you inside the basketball programs with interviews, analysis, and so much more. Now, here's your host, Brian Bush. And we do now have the full look at this Michigan men's basketball schedule and the women's basketball schedule as well. Uh, For this non-conference, you have a nice mix. You have some home games that are very winnable. Buffalo coming to town to start the season. Tarleton State will be the day before Thanksgiving. You've got uh, late in the month of December, Southern Utah, IPFW. Uh, There are some challenging trips as well. The return game at Central Florida, the Las Vegas trip to face off with UNLV and then either Arizona or Wichita State, 
And then probably the marquee one, North Carolina coming up on December the 1st. Also, there was supposed to be a marquee one at Chrysler against Kentucky. Chris will talk about that during the interview and uh, how that all went down to why the Wildcats will not be coming to Ann Arbor in early December. Then you get into the Big Ten slate, and there really is no point in talking about, oh, well, this looks a little bit more challenging or a little bit less challenging because it's all hard. The Big Ten is loaded, but in particular, the run that Michigan will have in January, starting with the game at home against Michigan State, then you host Purdue. The Boilermakers should be a top 10 team. You go to Illinois. That place is always hostile. They have Kofi Coburn back. Then Maryland comes to town. We all saw how that became a rivalry in the last couple of seasons. And then you go to Assembly Hall and take on Indiana. That five-game stretch to me really stands out. The other one that's tough, four out of five games on the road in February at Purdue, at Penn State, home against Ohio State, at Iowa, and at Wisconsin. Now, Penn State, Iowa, and Wisconsin should all, we assume, be rebuilding compared to where they were last year, but I don't care where you're going in this league. Four out of five on the road is really tough. Now, it helps that they've got three of their final four at home, uh, with the one road game being a trip to Ohio State to end the regular season. Uh, hopefully that game is like the one we saw in Columbus last year. But in any event, it's a fun schedule. It's a well-balanced schedule. It's a doozy with a lot of really challenging spots. Chris Hunter talks about how the non-conference part came together. He'll talk about what he's seen from this year's team, especially with the ones he works with a lot, the bigs, Hunter Dickinson, Brandon Johns Jr., and others. We also get a little flavor for his development as a coach. We all saw him play and do great work here in Ann Arbor as a player. He is in that process of developing as a director of basketball operations, and he expects and hopes someday a coach. Great conversation with Chris Hunter, and it comes up next. Always great to catch up with Michigan's Director of Basketball Operations, Chris Hunter, here on Defend the Block. Chris, how the heck are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm, I'm very happy to be on with you and always good to talk with you. No doubt. Well, uh, we've got a lot to touch on. And, and first, probably one of your biggest projects in your role is the schedule, and that has come out in its entirety, the non-conference slate first, and then the Big Ten schedule being released uh, a little bit less than a week ago. Uh, from your standpoint, especially on the non-conference side, what's that process like, and, and how much of a relief is it when it's finally locked and loaded? Yeah, that that one is always uh, you know a bit of a process and always a relief when you can have all those slots filled. Um, from our standpoint, it's really just trying to trying to plan ahead um, any any big tournaments that you may have, as far as the MTEs and things that that you know are coming coming uh, on the slate. As far as Big Ten, ACC, and Gavit, you want to figure out. You know, some some years you're not in Gavit, some years you are. Um, so you just kind of plan ahead for those time slots and those dates, and then we try to put a plan together um, just for coach to review. Um, as far as those dates, and then we go out and kind of solicit some some teams and and have a list of teams for each date that we want to get you know accomplished for for coach and and uh, he kind of picks through it and see which teams kind of fit best and we go from there as far as trying to get contracts done and, and et cetera. Yeah, you um, mentioned some of those kind of one off buy games at home this year, a few of them Buffalo, Tarleton State, Southern Utah. So 
is is Michigan in that place normally the first to reach out? Are there a lot of schools like them and others who inquire about, hey, we'd like to come to Michigan? How does that work? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, some teams have special relationships with coaches and things like that, so they would reach out um, and ask, you know, what dates we may have available, and we would do the same. There's also uh, different kind of platforms and sites where guys like myself who are ahead of, uh, of scheduling for teams can kind of put out ads and post uh, for, for um, specific dates that we're looking for, um, what type of opponent we're looking for for that date, things like that. So you get a lot of back and forth like that. And, you know, sometimes it just happened organically and sometimes you got to go out there and work and kind of find teams that that will fit your need and that those dates that you want to play. How do you balance the need of, hey, we want to have a certain number of home games. We want to challenge our team before Big Ten's, the, the Big Ten slate starts. And you also got to think about holidays, exam week, stuff along those lines. Is it is it a big puzzle? And, and what does Coach Howard really focus on? When you send him, say, a draft, what are the mm-hmm. things he's zeroing in on? Yeah, so... To answer your first question, I have kind of a template um, each year going into it, and uh, it kind of projects out a few years, actually, with, you know, what we want to get accomplished as far as home games and and things that we have on the table as far as some of those bigger events and, and neutral site games. So you kind of have that template of what's upcoming. And then just knowing kind of the rhythm of, you know, how the Big Ten is scheduled, you know, when those Big Ten ACC games fall, um, that that kind of time window, you don't you never know the exact date until it kind of later in the game. But you kind of know that window on, on when those games fall. Um, and then you got to kind of plug in, you know, our fall breaks, our, our holiday Christmas breaks. Um, exam week is, is a huge thing that we try to you know, have to navigate. So you work through that and, and you kind of have a sense of when you can schedule and, and how you need to schedule those games. You know, Coach Howard is, is 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 different. You know, he's he's open to a lot of new opportunities and new things. But you also want to, at the end of the day, put your team in the best position uh, when selection show that selection committee comes around. You want to have a good quality non-conference schedule, knowing that the Big Ten is always going to give you some quality wins and some quality games that you can get. Um, that non-conference is always you, he want, he wants to have a, a good balance of some 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 strong competition at home some away games that can challenge our guys so he's open to looking at some some new ideas and different opportunities there so it just kind of depends on what you already have on the plate and on the slate and then we try to fit a balanced diet of some some good hot high quality games in there not con in terms of something new and different you know, we know about the Gavit games. Those have been around for a while. The Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, the, the Vegas tournament has been in some way, shape, or form around for a little while. What can you share with us about the coaches versus racism game in Washington, D.C. against Prairie View A&M? How did that come about? And and what is the goal of that beyond just, I mean, the, the title certainly shares a lot of that. But what is the hope of that? And, and does it have the potential to grow? Yeah, I definitely think it has the potential to grow. Uh, Coach had a prior relationship with uh, with the guy who's really um, spearheading this whole thing, and and I talked to him about it personally, and really wanting to do something surrounding everything that's been going on over these past year to eighteen months in the country, surrounding that that sort of issue with racism. So we we wanted to really tackle something that could be twofold, something that can give our guys a great opportunity. Um, to play against an HBCU, 
And then as well as get some cultural and some some community engagement as far as um, going to D.C. and having, you know, tours of the African-American History Museum and those types uh, sort of things. So it was one of those twofold things where we wanted to tackle some things, get our guys some education and then also put some uh, some light on what we wanted to um, talk about with racism and then play HBCU and give those guys the opportunity to get some some light on their school and, and, and get some focus on there. So. Hopefully for us, we're looking at at this as one of those things where it can grow into something that can be bigger. Um, right now, I don't know if it'll be something that we would do every year, but hopefully this gives the opportunity for coaches versus racism to say, hey, Michigan was a part of this. We can grow this thing and other schools and universities will want to be a part of it moving forward. That's awesome. Uh, one note that people were surprised to not see on the non-conference schedule was Kentucky. I know there were conversations and there was the plan of having there be a home and home in addition to the game in London in 2022. What can you share about that situation and how Kentucky is not on the non-conference schedule? Yeah, you know, that's one of those tough things where we have, you know, planned ahead and even before the pandemic, um, we had kind of reworked the whole kind of three game series that we had with the London and the home and home um, and kind of had to rework it then with the pandemic coming up and not being able to travel to London. So we came with, you know, together with a plan before that. And uh, this season, just Kentucky with, you know, with everything that they had going on with their schedule and, and some challenges with their their schedule and some of the priorities of their athletic department, um, they, they elected to kind of um, rework that home and home series and cancel that game. So we're still looking at, at some possibilities for us to uh, reschedule it on the back end. You know, luckily right now, our London uh, contest next season is still in the fold and we're excited about that and looking forward to, uh, to you know, hopefully get that done, you know, God willing with all the COVID and restrictions, hopefully that, that can be an event that happens. And then we'll, we'll still work through trying to really put that home and home together and see if we can come to a, a fit for both programs and both uh, institutions with that. So, you know, for us, it was, you know, it kind of sucked because that was a really marquee home game um, that, you know, our fans were looking forward to, we were looking forward to, um, but we were very fortunate and be able to get an opponent like San Diego State to come in here, fill that slot. So, you know, another great quality opponent coming in here with some, you know, some storylines and all that stuff behind it with Brian Dutcher. Um, being a former assistant coach here. So um, it should be a very good event for us getting still with that San Diego State. But we'll, we'll continue to work with Kentucky and see if we can find a resolution because I think that would be great for both fan bases. I'll tell you, from what I understand, the fact that, that Chris and this program were able to get somebody like San Diego State on a, a Saturday in non-conference slate – uh, kudos to you for pulling that off. And yeah, fingers crossed on the Kentucky side as well. So uh, I had to brag on you a little bit there because I heard that was, I'm sure that wasn't easy. <laughs> no, it wasn't easy, you know, <laughs> especially with everything happened so late in the game. You know, everybody's schedules were kind of done and, and solidified. So, you know, luckily we had that connection with Coach Howard and D Coach Dutcher and, you know, we were able to to work that out. And they, they were excited and trying to get up here to play us for, for a while. And those dates worked out. So you know, we're, we're very fortunate and awesome, you know, opportunity for both sides to, to play that game. So let's transition a little bit. You're one of the few people, I think, on this staff that really has to have your eyes on kind of looking ahead from a the scheduling, from travel, while also when you're in that coaching mold, 
staying focused on the task at hand. What are we doing today to get better? How are we prepping for this next opponent? So take me through that balance from your perspective in terms of the coaching side and what your role is and 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 how I think there have been some relaxation of rules that have allowed you to be on the court a little bit more. Yeah, no, that that's been uh, you know, great for for me. And I would say this for a lot of, of people in my role and my position support staff to be able, you know, at least last year in this summer, um, to be able to get out there on the court, you know, with, with some COVID waivers and be able to out and go out there and help and, and be a part of practice in, in a more active way has been great, you know. Um, so hopefully uh, we'll get get to continue that. They're, they're still, you know, mulling that over and thinking about it and voting on it for this season. And hopefully that happens. But, you know, that was great. You know, it, it always you play two roles with that, you know, coaches. And support staff always have to be thinking ahead and, and stay in the moment at the same time for me. So for me, it's always time periods where you're looking ahead, you're trying to figure out, do you have everything and all your I's dotted and T's crossed for, you know, upcoming games, upcoming events. So it's, in that sense, it's been pretty easy because I've been good with that, with that rhythm of it. And then always being a part of coaches meetings and, and, and scouting opponents and that sort of thing is, is come easy as well. Just kind of imagine that time you kind of figure it out after you get a good rhythm for that. But it's always checklists and checkpoints that you have to make sure you go over and you, and you got all that stuff taken care of. Um, but like you said, last year and uh, going into the summer was really good to have an opportunity to do that and hopefully continue. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, when Coach Howard was hired, so much was made about his player development skills, what he did with the Heat how vital that was. That was that was one thing people really knew. Okay, when Coach Howard's coming here, you know these players are going to get better. How has he and how has the other members of the staff been from a development of you, of Jerron Simmons, of others, the, the managers, the graduate managers, of developing staff? Because uh, you're here to win. You're here to have this program grow, but you're also trying to grow, and, and you need to grow as well. So how has that gone for you, and, and how much have you improved your entire time here, but certainly since Coach Howard arrived. Yeah, I mean, it, that that aspect of it has been, you know, excellent in every way. I think, you know, all of the guys on our staff have been open books for us, you know, like Jerron and, you know, our graduate managers, graduate assistants, anybody who's you know, wants to learn and continue to learn the game, you can ask these guys anything and, and they'll pour their time into you. And just, you know, looking at Coach and, and the way he operates, um, how detail oriented he is. And he's always, you know, pushing guys to get uncomfortable and, and push you out of those comfort levels so you can grow. And I think that's that's one of the models that we try to emulate and, and disseminate throughout, not throughout the staff only, but throughout the players as well, is just to, you know, get in those uncomfortable situations so you can grow. So, you know, it, it's been a very, very good opportunity for me, obviously, like you said before, when we were talking about getting on the court and being able to be a part of that a little more. That's been great. And then just adding extra things on your players where as far as, you know, different things you're involved with, with the film, you know, helping coaches out with scouting situations and, and all, and they always been open books to ideas and opportunities when we're in our coaches meetings, we're planning for games. Everybody has, you know, a voice to be able to voice their opinions and, and put some stuff out there on the table for the group to discuss. So, that's been great in all aspects. And I, I think he, he's a developer in every way, a leader in every way, and loves to see um, everybody underneath him grow as well as, you know, him learning for us, from us and us learning from, from him. How differently do you see the game now 
in your role, uh, you, you've been here now almost a decade in some sort of coaching or behind-the-scenes role. Uh, Michigan fans remember your career. You made it to the NBA. Are, are there times you're sitting there, whether it's in a practice or in a game, and you just think, man, I wish I knew that or understood that concept when I played, but I only would have been able to do it because I'm, I'm now in this role. Yeah, I mean – if I had a, you know, that hot tub time machine, it could go back and have the same knowledge that I had now. Um, when I was when I was a player, it, you know, you just under understand the game from a holistic and f- position so much better. You understand the why behind things, why the details of certain things matter. And then now being in this role, studying the film, being around all the great coaches you can be around you can kind of predict the game and, and kind of manipulate the game in a way that um, just that knowledge of, you know, watching the film and seeing it and understanding why everything works really helps. So like you said, I wish I knew what I knew now when I played, I think it would have made me a much better, you know, player all around, you know, you, you learn and you grow those things as you play and, and you, you know, increase that knowledge year, year by year and every team that you're on and every coach that you're under but just really being a student of it now and also, you know, being a teacher of it, being a teacher of something always helps you be a better person at doing that. So I just see the game a little better. Like when I, when I'm watching NBA games, I'm watching college games. You, I used to watch them as a fan and you just watch players and different things. But now you see what people are running, you know, how, how coaches are defending different actions and you, you, you know, You'll watch a game and you'll you'll see what adjustment coaches have made coming out of halftime and different things that they're trying to take advantage of in the game. So you just see it in a different way. It's not not chess anymore. I mean, it's not checkers anymore. It's more chess that you can see it. I've asked this to uh, Phil, to Saudi, uh, to Jerron uh, as well. It's amazing that this program in the last couple of years has had the success that it's had and the staff is still in place. Why do you think that is, and why has it been so important for you to stay here? Because uh, we all know how this business works. You do well, you win, and normally there are opportunities to grow and advance and move up and become an assistant coach somewhere else. So why do you think everyone has has been willing and able to stay, and, and why have you stayed? I think, first of all, you know, Michigan is a special place. When you talk about Ann Arbor, you talk about the Mich- Michigan community. Um, and everything that that goes with that. It's a special place and and you understand that every every place is not like this. Um, everybody here, you know, has aspirations and goals that they want to make. But sometimes you have to be very strategic in the way you kind of approach those. You know, my situation, you know, I, this is home for me. Um, obviously, you want to grow and and get to those those newer heights and get those opportunities. Obviously, the first opportunity you would want is to be here and to and have that. Um, but you have to be very strategic because, you you know, you, you can get to a place that's not necessarily um, the best fit for you and your family life and everything that goes along with that. So I've been fortunate to be able to stay here and be along and, and continue to grow. But obviously, you're looking for those good opportunities with, with good people. And uh, when you say why people stay around here, I, I think it's just the, like, it's the community and it's the people that you work with. I was fortunate to work with. You know, Coach Beeline, who was awesome in every way, and then Jawan is, you know, is, is awesome as well. So it's hard to, when you go, get in those great situations and work with great people, and you can continue to develop and learn, you know, people want to surround themselves by that type of vibe and that type of feeling. So, you know, everybody has goals, 
but it's, you know, it's tough when you have a really, really great situation that you're a part of and, and you can continue to grow in. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. A few more questions for Director of Basketball Operations, Chris Hunter. I got to get your thoughts on the team and, and what this stretch is, is like now. Between now and when the real practices get going and you, you can fully get your hands on this team, what are these next few weeks like? I have to imagine, especially for the freshmen and, and even the sophomores, since they didn't have this last year, it's just as much acclimating to the schedule and the, the school side of this as it is basketball. Yeah, uh, this is the first time for like a lot of these guys that, you know, they got to wake up and, and actually get to campus and go to a class and deal with everything that comes with that. So, you know, these first few weeks um, of our season has been really, really good, really encouraging, you know, to see how guys are acclimating to just just doing that, just being on a schedule, um, having to be this place and then go to the next place and go to the next place and then be on time and then come to practice with some energy and effort and be able to absorb everything we're doing. So, you know, these first couple of weeks, as far as basketball-wise, you just really, really land the foundations of what you want this team to be uh, moving forward. So once you get into those 20 hours practice, those 20 hours uh, a week of practice on September 29th, you can kind of refine that and really uh, work on those details of what this team is going to be, and it, it'll come to shape. Uh, first couple of weeks has been really good. Freshmen have been, you know, t- kind of taking a crash course in what Michigan basketball ball is from a holistic approach not only on the court but you know how you approach the game how you take care of your body you know how we're starting to you know watch the film and study film you know time management all of those things are are things that these guys are are preparing for so so once we hit September 29th we can just get rolling and everybody kind of knows to expect and we can refine and add and, and do everything we need to do to let this team reach the heights that we know it can because of your playing background, I know you are very instrumental to the bigs on this team. Take me through what you've seen from Hunter since he's gotten back. He he does look leaner. I know he wants to, to involve that outside shot. He said that was some of the feedback he got from NBA scouts during that process. What have you seen from him? And, and are you noticing his work on that conditioning side uh, really have its effect on the court? Yeah, no, nah, he he's been great. I think he's he's come back with a with a very very good mindset on how he's going to approach kind of just being a sponge for getting better. I think he's willing and 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 ready to do anything that you know people kind of suggested will, will help his game. He's came back, you know, he's really being attentive to his nutrition, um, his sleep habits, the way he's working out. You know, he's he's in the gym a lot, like you said, working on that shot, working on various things. He's doing other things with our strength conditioning coach that are outside the box to kind of work on all of his movements and running and and just being more agile. So, you know, his approach has been really good. And and he's really just been a a good guy as far as in practice being a leader. You know, uh, freshman last year, Big Ten freshman of the year. Now he's taking on a more of a leadership role where he's, he's leading by example. He's using his voice. He's pointing people in, in the right direction. He's holding people accountable out there on the court also with his play and as well as his voice. So 
it's been good to see his kind of involvement. And he understands that he has big goals and with big goals comes, you know, a lot with that. He's got to work towards it. And uh, I think he's had a, a great start so far. Brandon Johns Jr., what he did when Isaiah went out last year was incredible. And I, and I think in watching him and in knowing both the, the Coach Howard staff and the Coach Beeline staff, I think everybody knew that was there. It just had not come out consistently in games. H- how does he bottle that up, and how do you and this staff help him in knowing that he's talked about confidence being an issue? It is something that is fragile. It is delicate. How do you balance that pushing him while also knowing we have to maybe push him in a different way than some others? Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of those guys who can sometimes be an enigma because he has all of the tools, all of the talent, all of the skills necessary to be an astounding player. And I know this year he's going to do it. Sometimes it's just a matter of that individual um, and that and that light kind of and that 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 switch kind of flipping in your mind where you just you just take off and your focus and everything is there. I think all we try to do as a staff is to continue to pour into him, pour confidence into him, continue to try to hold him accountable when that, when he's not bringing the type of effort that everybody knows and, and the type of play that everybody knows that he can bring. But I think this year his approach has been has been much better to being a you know a senior, being a leader, understanding that hey man, you, you're good, you're really really good, and you can be really really good for us if we continue to bring that in day in and day out. So we always just try to just pour into him and, and hold him accountable to those standards that we know he can set. But, you know, Brandon is, is willing and able. He's verbalized that that's what he wants to do. And he's, he's been putting in that work and continuing to grow every day. And that's, that's all we ask all of our guys to do. But, you know, we're expecting, you know, big things from him and he's expecting big things from himself. And I think right now he's putting in the work to be able to fulfill that. So, we're, we're excited about his development as, as well as a lot of other guys on the team. Lastly, Eli Brooks, are you glad he came back so he wasn't trying to take your job or Jerron's <laughs> or, or, or even Coach Howard's? I mean, I, I feel like if he had to, you know, if you guys were in a crunch and he had to put a scouting report together, I, I think he, I think you guys would win the game. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely win the game. You know, <laughs> getting him back was like having two number one draft picks for us. I think everything that he brings to the table um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to fathom. It's hard to calculate, calculate, calculate. <laughs> <laughs> He's got me using big words. I don't even know what to use, but <laughs> Eli has been so great, um, you know, on and off the court. I mean, he's just, let alone what he brings his skill level and the things he does on the court, but the way he handles himself on and off the court, like I said, his knowledge, he's a coach on the floor for sure. Whenever he stops playing, Somebody's going to offer him a job right away because of his IQ and the things that he brings to the table uh, from that standpoint. And then just being a leader and setting the tone for everybody um, here. I mean, we got, you know, 11, 12 new guys on this roster, including, you know, some transfers and everything else. So him just being that that focal point and that leader for us on and off the court has been invaluable for us. So, um, like I said, it's like we've hit, you know, a grand slam home run and in, in, in the bottom of the ninth for, from from a World Series with him coming back to us. And, and that's how much he means to this program um, and the things that he'll be able to bring to the table. So, you know, everybody was very excited when he decided to, to come back for another year and, and we're grateful for it. 
I love the way you put that. Totally agree. I I, I think it's the, maybe the most underrated decision in college basketball coming up this year. I'm really glad to have him back. Chris Hunter, coach. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that title. You are a coach on this appreciate team, uh, but I appreciate the. I mean, this was great insight. Thank you so much for taking so much time, and uh, uh, congrats on finishing the schedule. I know that's got to be a nice weight off your shoulder. <laughs> Yeah, no, big weight. You know, we, we were grinding down to the to the last minute to try to get it done and got some curveballs thrown at us. But, no, it's always good when we can put that out and fans can get excited about it. So I'm excited. We're planning and we're working. I think we got a got a good schedule on here and a good team. So it should be a fun season. And I think everybody's excited just to get started in full bore here. And, and we're ready. We're ready to rock. Awesome to catch up with Chris Hunter. He has done tremendous work. Again, like we talked about off the top, pivoting quickly during that COVID season, dealing with all of the travel issues and challenges that Michigan has had over the last 18 months or so. Uh, He is a huge asset to this program. Michigan, very, very lucky to have him. Thanks to Chris for being able and willing to hop on with us. Thanks to Tom Weirot for his help in organizing all of our interviews throughout the podcast. And we'll be back coming up on Wednesday in the trenches. John Jansen catches up with Trevor Keegan from that offensive line. We get John's perspective uh, as we close the book on the win over Washington. We'll get his thoughts on what we saw over the weekend in both college football and the NFL. Then Thursday, Conquering Heroes. Friday and Saturday, a couple more episodes of In the Trenches. All here on MGo Blue Podcast. I'm Brian Bush. Thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of Defend the Block and Go Blue. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Defend the Block, part of our Michigan Athletics Podcast Network, MGo Blue Podcasts. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.